Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Well, this is lovely to spend a Thursday afternoon chatting to somebody that I've actually met in real life. When, <laughs> when that, in real life? <laughs> IRL, yeah, totally. Although we are speaking virtually and um, I'm delighted to say that I am joined by Hilary Goodfellow of the Say Award. Hi, thanks for Hi. having me. You are most welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time because I know that you will be particularly busy at this moment gearing up for the Say Award. Yeah, it is gearing up for it in quite a different way, it has to be said. Um, So, you know, this time last year, we would be getting ready to welcome 800 guests and 10 bands and, you know, dealing with our sponsors and having a Creative Scotland um, sort of drink ceremony and... Now, as an event manager, I'm finding myself gearing up to manage a digital event, which is quite different. But yeah, it's also exciting because it means that the opportunities for people to engage with the ceremony are no longer limited to how many people we can fit in the room. And you also don't have to be in Scotland to be able to come. So that is actually really exciting. Yeah, and prior to recording, we were just saying that we whether we recognised it before now, I think just working in culture and the arts and in events that we do have this inbuilt ability to see the silver lining a lot of the times because we're just equipped for that challenge, that change that we know is going to come up. I mean, we obviously could never have guessed what was going to what was going to happen in more recent times, but yeah, I think a lot of people in the arts have just been able to pivot yeah. or in culture or um, in the world of events just to try and make yeah. things possible even when it feels like nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true and I think also it's fair to say that um, we've had to do it to keep ourselves afloat there is no support out there for all of the people that you know that make the gigs that there are so many unsung people behind the music behind the theatre behind every event that you go to and there's so many people that are like whilst the furlough the furlough scheme has been great there's so many people that have fallen through the cracks so I kind of um found the the live events in peril letter that had been sent into the times the one that was signed by you know jeff of df and um, emily evis uh, of glastonbury and emma banks that um and it was something that i found i thought was really fascinating to say that um one arena show generates about three million pounds in economic value to the local economy and the, when you think about, you know, if you think about a show that at the Hydro, you can't eat out in the Finiston for love nor money. It's the pubs. It's it's everything. I think that how going to see a live gig theatre, how it makes you feel. So the sort of mental health benefits and the engaging with the arts. But there also are the cold, hard numbers of the impact, the ripple, that ripple that spreads across the whole of the city. Um, and I am concerned yeah, just hoping that we can all pull through this. Absolutely. And it, I mean, I've been so impressed with everything that I've seen online from so many people, you know, down to the, the musicians and the artists themselves, but just organisations that are trying their best yeah. to support the people that support them as well. Um, and prior to us uh, coming on this recording, we were kind of reminiscing of our time yeah, together. Yeah. We have worked together in the past, but that yeah. was wearing a different hat. If you want to work in this industry and if you're passionate about making a life out of working in culture and events and music, you have to wear lots of hats. The more hats you have, the better. I get asked quite a lot of times, um, so what do you do? And like my stock answer is, it depends who's paying me. Like, you know, I will adapt and I will pivot and I will change my hat according to where those opportunities are. And I used to kind of have a concern that was I like the you know the jack of all trades and the master of none but actually I think it served I think if I was to go back and speak to my younger self I would say you never know what conversation will lead to something what skill you can pick up on the way and uh, and also 
the only stupid question is the one that you don't ask. So true. So true. Absolutely. You've nailed it. You've nailed it. Yeah. And we we have worked together on the mail and we were just talking about the, the joy that is, you know, putting on an outdoor event in Scotland where it's definitely guaranteed to rain. It's also guaranteed to be like boiling hot sun before, for the two weeks before and the two weeks after. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Mela, the Mela has a particularly unfortunate <laughs> um, history of just having some some of the terrible, most terrible weather ever. But I remember working it and having a, I was staying around the corner on um, just off Great Western Road and having to text my flatmate to say, could you bring gloves down for me? Because it was that cold. But it still didn't dampen the celebration. It still did not dampen, you know, over 100,000 people coming together to celebrate global culture, culture from all around the world. And one of the things I really loved about the Mela was, you know, you had the Polish society, the Greek society, you had Bangra, you had, and it was a real celebration of multicultural Glasgow. You know, you were talking about the people behind the stage, the people that, that are involved in the background that you don't get to know about. Like your good self, Hilary. Yeah, we, just when, before we were recording, we were chatting about, um, I, like, I had a careers advisor who told me that I should either be an air hostess because I like travel or I should be a lawyer because I was always quite political and kind of wanted to have a strong social conscience and wanted to help people. Two very differing, very differing careers. And I was always really passionate about music. But at that time in Scotland, as someone who isn't particularly musical themselves, I could never really see what how that could possibly lead into anything. Um, and then 18 years old, me and my best friend went to the first ever Tea in the Park. And I've got a wee photo of the lineup for that here, which I, as I was kind of preparing for our wee, our wee chat, I looked it up. So first ever Tea in the Park, Rage Against the Machine, Bjork, Cypress Hill, Blar Oasis, Manic Street Preachers, Pulp, Primal Scream, Teenage Fan Club. Just the most incredible wow. lineup. Yeah. And me, we 18 year old Hillary goes along with her wee notepad with all the bands that are highlight like highlighted with the set times. And I had already negotiated conversations with my best pal over where we had clashes and how long we could, you know, would split the gig between between you know so we both got to see who we really wanted to see and we'd even actually divide them into like a b's and c's of like a must have must must miss, miss a second b really want to see and c don't mind if i miss a bit of love it you've been ever you've just been organized from day dot <laughs> i know maybe a glimmer <laughs> of things to come but we i saw bjork and it was the start of like just a a lifetime long love affair for just I still think she's the most incredible artist challenging blazing the way so creative and incredible and we elbowed our way to the front to see Primal Scream which I I know I'm a terrible Glaswegian but I really don't like Delamitri I never have and I had to kind of push my way through the whole of the Delamitri concert to get to the very front row so me and Mary Claire are at a crash barrier for Primal Scream like literally cannot believe our luck like we're so excited desperate for the toilet but we're obviously not going to lose our space and the weather was obviously hurling with rain and there was like the audience was so jam-packed that there was steam coming off the audience and just this I think it was my first time of ever being in a crowd that size and really feeling that energy of that shared communal experience which you know in these current times might can't we can't quite imagine getting straight back to that just yet yeah but and then hearing them play Screamadelica and it genuinely did like it blew my mind and it was just like I had a wee light bulb and I noticed all these people and I remember I noticed that they were all men as well and I was like "Mm." but all these people kind of standing at the side of the stage and they were all dressed in black and I could see some people humping some boxes and doing some other stuff but I didn't really know what they did but I could see that there was quite a lot of them and I could see the scale of the festival just seeing that and seeing all these people although I didn't really know what they did it just made me realize for the first time ever that actually events could be a thing and festivals could be a thing and you know, I had I had always bought the NME and I'd bought the Melody Maker and I'd looked so longingly at like the Glastonbury and Reading lineups, but I'd never occur- ne- the thought had never occurred to me that that could actually be a job. 
So, um, yeah, we were saying that we both did English degrees at uni, um, yeah. but um, got onto a really good training course with the BBC. It was like a media internship that taught me more in a year than my four years at uni. And then I went down and I did uh, worked for MTV and I did a bit in London. And then I came back up and I started to work at DF. So, and I ended up working there for 10 years. So, and then working at Count was Tea in the Park. So, I think that if you if you're really passionate about working in the arts, then hopefully, and I, my only reason that I add that caveat is the uncertainty that hangs over everything and as, as we're all battle this pandemic, that you'll find a way that you'll find a way to do so. Yes. So I will be absolutely honest. Up until this year, I was not aware of the Say Award. I know. Where have I been? <laughs> So can you give me your best kind of elevator pitch, Hilary, for the Say Award? Yeah, I can. So the Say Award is Scotland's National Music Prize. It was set up in 2012 and um, it has a hefty a hefty payout. So um, the prize is £20,000 for the winner and nine runners-up win £1,000 each. And we also have a design commission um, where we kind of marry the music and art and we always work with a local designer and we create these bespoke prizes that we dish out. So it started in 2012 and it is Scotland's most prestigious national music prize. It actually gives out more money a year than the Mercury Prize because we, with the Say Award, it really is the taking part that counts because we also give um, the nine runners-up uh, the £1,000 each and the Mercury only pays out to the overall winner. Other big difference is um, we really try to be as accessible as possible and there is no listing fee to participate in the Say Award. So it is quite unique in that. In fact, I don't know of another music prize where there isn't a you know there isn't an entry cost. Yeah. And if you are a you know a young band you know releasing your debut album, it might be an absolutely blindingly great album, but you might not have two hundred pounds, especially in the current climate, to you know to pay to enter it. So we we really do strive to be as eligible as possible. So. Also, we're quite unique in that fans can enter albums. It doesn't just have to be the bands or, you know, those that have management. We are quite quite unique in that. Absolutely. Yeah, I did notice that about, well, the prizes. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Um, And I also didn't realise about fans being able to submit albums. That's, That's amazing. Yeah. As we, you know, the current situation that we find ourselves in in 2020, We've actually refined some of our our campaign objectives as well. So we're very aware that, you know, bands aren't touring just now because they're not allowed to. So we're really trying to um, help champion the albums that, um, that, uh, that are part of it. So we are uh, very close to announcing the long list. So uh, we've got a few different stages of uh, the Say Award. And my favourite stage is actually... Not the winner. My favourite stage is um, the long list. So the long list is when we get the 20 albums that um, have been picked by our 100 nominators. So we have 100 nominators. We reach out to them and they are people working in all different walks of, you know, working in the arts, working in music, working in theatre. So, you know, cultural practitioners. um, And we ask them to nominate. And then from that, the top albums form the the 20 that will go on to be the long list. Right. And then from that, so that's the really exciting stage that we're at. So that the long list will be announced on the 17th of September. Uh, but that's my favourite stage because that's when I feel like the campaign is at its most potent. Mm. You know, Scotland consistently has always punched above its weight in terms of the incredible variety of music and quality of music that we produce. And, you know, as someone who's not as young as I used to be, it definitely exposes me to music that um, I, you know, haven't heard of some of these albums. Yeah, so it's actually my favourite stage of the campaign. Absolutely. That's fascinating. I think that's wonderful that there is that emphasis on 
celebrating all genres of music and really, you know, the diversity. And I guess, like you were saying, like the fact that there's no entry fee that but that will allow for more diversity in terms of styles of music, genres of music, and people saying, you know, this is a really great album. It needs to be recognised and putting it forward for for that reason without any kind of restrictions because of of cost. Because there's always there seems to be always this this cost factor. Totally. And it is one of the things that makes us very unique. And it's also really, you know, it's really lovely to be in email comms with artists when we're like, delighted to tell you that you have made the say word long list and even just being recognised at the long list stage, you know, is a is a bit of a badge of honour. Um, and it, it, that alone can open, can open doors for some bands. So yeah, no, it's you know, over the course of my career, I've worked for, mainly worked in food, festivals and music. Um, but I've always been kind of passionately interested in things that are independent and things that are altruistic. And of every job that I've ever had, I can honestly say that I find uh, working on the Say Award as one of the most, if not the most, rewarding because it exists for purely altruistic reasons it exists purely to celebrate the incredible range of music made in Scotland and to celebrate that and to recognize it and that is something you know it's something that I'm really proud to be a small part of. I mean I've been totally treated to various you know new music doing this podcast I've invited people to come on but anything that celebrates talent and creativity and diversity and basically putting your yourself out there and your your sound out there I think it's it's really important that we are celebrating that and we are recognizing the wealth like you're saying of, of talent and sound that we have uh, here in Scotland and um, can you give us a wee bit of background on the, like the origins of the award itself and the, the, obviously we've kind of gathered like the ethos of it and that that's something that I'm sure will have evolved over the time since since it was established. Yeah sure so I think one of the other things that makes the Say Award unique is um, you know it wasn't dreamed up in the back of a corporate board meeting. Right. Um, it was set up by musicians for musicians so it was actually Stuart Braithwaite from Mogwai who had the idea back in 2012 and it was set up by the SMIA, who are the overarching organisation that runs the award, which is the Scottish Music Industry Association, um, who are a small organisation with a massive remit that have been under, to be honest, incredible pressure as they try to provide a voice for the music industry in these difficult times. Yeah. So a small organisation run on passion. And it, the Say Award was thought up by Stuart from Mogwai and then really conceived, instigated and developed um, by Stuart Henderson of Chemical Underground at the time when he was the chair of the Scottish Music Industry Association. Right. Um, and then um, he left and going forward, it's just continued and, you know, grown from strength to strength. But one of the things I think is really interesting is that... Um, Last year, um, we had 293 eligible albums submitted. So they were albums that um, were released between the right dates, were the right length, and uh, had the the people making them had lived and worked in Scotland for long enough. Uh, so we had 293 eligible albums last year, and this year we have 362 yes. eligible albums. So for a wee country like Scotland, especially given the times of being in the middle of the global pandemic, that is an incredible amount of new music. It really is. It is a project that is held together with passion and gaffety. I love it. Yeah, it's a really, I think it's a really important project. And I think that, you know, our aims are to, to help artists involve, build new audiences, to inspire and to really kind of provide strategic benefit and support to Scotland's wider music industry wherever we can throughout the campaign. So many artists will just be, you know, absolutely appreciating everything that 
yourselves and similar organisations are doing to support and promote the music? Yeah, especially a time when artists can't tour because obviously, you know, yeah. they don't make their money through record sales anymore. They make it through touring. You've taken that away. Uh, so one of we've kind of, as we're talking about pivoting to digital, um, one of our objectives is now to try to generate as many streams as possible for each of the nominated albums and to to also try and help the bands diversify their audiences and develop digital audiences as we you know kind of refocus our campaign to pivot into digital. Mm. So we've heard like a bit of your story Hillary and your your the wealth of experience that you've had plethora, plethora of experience um what was your journey into working with the C awards and basically what is your remit what is your particular job I mean I'm saying we're talking about being a jack of all yeah. trades I'm sure you have many different things and it depends where in the year we're at in terms of what you're but yeah it would just be like nice to understand like eat almost like a, a week in the life of Hillary at the Sea Awards <laughs> <laughs> um, so ordinarily I would normally be the event manager for the Sea Award you know kind of being abroad of the, abroad of the full campaign but really focusing in on the delivery of the events so we would ordinarily have a, our live at the long list showcase event where we would have a, four artists live performances playing and then uh, Vic Galloway and Nicola Mayan, who are our wonderful SEA champions, they would then announce the long list to a live audience. And it's mm. all really exciting, a really buzzy night. And we have, you know, a lot of the bands in the room. So that isn't possible this mm. year, but the long list will continue. Um, so we have pivoted and we have filmed in a socially distant way performances with three bands but rather than it doing like one night really sort of high energy one night it took us three days to film three bands in my crew and the artist's safety is my paramount my my paramount responsibility so you know we did it with one band a day and nobody's sharing backline which you know kind of triples your cost your venue hire or although in this case it didn't because we did it with our wonderful partner sweet jam who have an amazing a music venue um, called 54 EP over in Edinburgh but you know not sharing backline has there's lots of cost implications in doing things digitally that sometimes go under the radar but yeah so still focusing on creating those events but how we do them digitally so this year the ceremony again we won't be having 800 people in the assembly rooms we will be having a digital celebration, but we will still be capturing band performances. So more socially distant filming of bands, more yeah. tape on the floor. Uh, you know, my kit bag is quite different. It now has a forehead scanner in it for a temperature check and everybody. Gosh. You know, distance tape. I always had a, I always had a measuring tape. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hand sanitizer, wipes, um, you know, all of these, all of these things. And as we all learn how to operate in the new normal uh, and um, I'm still working on the design commission which is always one of my favourite elements of it so yeah I think this is this is amazing that's such a lovely aspect it is it's a really lovely aspect and it's definitely kind of one of my favourite aspects so I've always been really passionate about design music, uh, design and art as well and I love the say really is the champion champions the independent so um you know we create that opportunity to work with a designer to create bespoke prizes which are given to um all of the shortlisted artists and the winner this year for the second time we're working with a, a, a local heroes who are design curators based in Edinburgh they are award-winning design curators. Totally worthwhile checking out their Instagram for lots of lovely things. But um, mm. they even curated stuff for the First Minister's office. So they created 10 pieces that live uh, in Nicola Sturgeon's office, which is amazing. Oh, wow. they, we're working with them to appoint a Scottish designer to make these bespoke prizes the link between art and music has always been, you know, it's always been so strong. The cover art and and the number of people that you know that work in both. So it's a total 
no-brainer to celebrate, you know, the creativity across both kind of different streams. So yeah, yeah of course. It's very much one of my favourite parts of the award. And a new strand for 2020 is um, I am working as supporters manager. So supporters is, um, rather than it being like paid sponsors, we are working with organisations who share our values, who can help amplify the campaign. So for example, we're working with um, Guitar Guitar, who are helping amplify our campaign and kind of sharing say award posts and they've been kind enough to give us a guitar that we can you know use as a competition prize and um, also the Scottish Refugee Council because the say award is always about promoting inclusivity and an outward looking um, an outward welcoming aspect that you know Mm. known for and we've also just secured the Glasgow Science Centre as well so yeah being strategic and looking for organisations that want to that that share our values that are also interested in music even if that's not perhaps the most direct route but you know the science of music is really fascinating yes so so yeah it's actually interesting and exciting to be doing something that is a bit different um, with regard to the awards. So yeah, that's one of the pivoting to digital elements that I'm enjoying a lot more than writing down, zapping everybody's forehead with a forehead spanner. <laughs> I love that. I love like the the complexity of your job and how the, I guess every day just must be like a school day. Like you, you've been in the, the industry for a long time, but even now you'll still be every day learning something new and haven't like you're saying like we keep using the word pivot but it's so true and um, there's so much that goes into your particular role but then you think of the whole organization and all the people that are involved in making this happen and I, I just love the the effort and the energy and dedication to making sure that it's that the ethos is is there the whole time right down to who you partner with and the, the design aspect of it I think all of that just speaks volumes about what the SEA award is exactly it is definitely and you know we have long long existing relationships with suppliers be it backline suppliers or the people that do our lights and everybody does see through passion actually and that's one of the really lovely things about working with a small independent team like you are more agile than I think if you're working with you know like a big festival owned by a you know multinational conglomerate Mm. or whatever like we can be more light on our feet but we are also more deeply impacted so for example we don't we can't have 800 people in the assembly rooms which means that we don't have an audience, which means that there isn't beer getting sold, which means that we don't have a beer sponsor, which means that we have a massive hole in our budget. So the ramifications of, you know, all of these kind of, and then the flip side of that is it takes us three days to film a bat, to film three bands where ordinarily it would have taken us, you know, a day. Yeah, of course. We're all working incredibly hard behind the scenes to to keep safe low in these times, as everyone that works in events is doing. Every single person that has a venue, every single, you know, the freelance community, we are all pedaling desperately to keep ourselves afloat. And the, the thing is, it's because of the passion, because we believe in what we do and we believe the good that the arts yeah. and events and the importance of them. And I think, you know, everyone's been witness to the fact that the arts and, and culture are such an important aspect in all of our lives. I think we're so lucky to work in that world where we're celebrating creativity, we're celebrating play. Yeah, we are. And we are the people that create the experiences. You know, working at Transmit last year and seeing, you know, all these kids. Admittedly, I'd like to see them wear a few more clothes, but I am getting old. Uh, but, you know, seeing these kids have their, my, you know, my tea in the park moment, they were having it. And when you step back and you think like, oh, my God, I've been a really, really small part of someone's first gig, someone's first festival. It does feel special. Mm, of course. Well, the, other ha- the other side of that is um, it's also difficult because you work so long and so hard and there are so many unpaid days 
and there is just this expectation I don't I'm not relating that to say but you know in general you quite often end up doing double what you are getting paid for because you're passionate about it yeah you can't help yourself you can't help yourself you're not gonna look you're not gonna look at the clock and be like okay well you know I'm getting paid to do that you just you just work on it until until it's done but yeah no I do feel incredibly lucky to have had kind of some of the experiences that I've had that have taken me off to South by Southwest in Texas or you know we were both talking about working on the Commonwealth Games and um, you choreograph in the Delhi handover you know parts of the Delhi handover and then I was over in Delhi when Glasgow was awarded it so yeah I do feel incredibly lucky and I also really hope that future people coming up through the ranks like I know I was thinking about all those event management graduates Mm. that will have worked so hard and you know put their blood their blood heart and soul into you know working in an industry where we just don't quite we just don't we yeah Yeah. everything's on absolutely and have you had the opportunity within those roles that you've had? I mean, it's it's amazing all the things that you, you have done so far, Ellery. Like, I feel like you would just be the perfect mentor for someone who is going into that world. Um, it's one thing studying it, and it, you know, but I think a lot of what we do in events and culture and arts is it just very much is on the job, isn't it? And to have somebody like yourself, like, I feel like you should be that careers advisor going into schools and going, right, this is the actual job and this is what it looks like. Have you had an opportunity to mentor at all? Yeah, I have actually. So I did, uh, there was a music conference. It was in the Lighthouse, which was at the start at the start of the year, actually. So I did a talk at that and I kind of tried to focus my talk around what I would have told to my 20-year-old self. And A, I was really pleased to see how many girls were in the room because it still feels like a lot of a lot of the time I can go on to the site as a site manager, you know, building outdoor festival sites. And there's, you know, I'm the only woman on site. Yeah. It's interesting, like I was work just working, just finished co-creative producing um four shows for the Edinburgh Fringe again on the pivoting to digital so they were Fringe on Friday shows so we were curating the talent for four one-hour shows but their target audience was kind of the 20 to 30 year olds Mm -hmm. so I'm a bit long in the tooth for that but I had I I was brilliant because I got to work with um, a friend Michael Fraser, who I think is all of 26. But, you know, I can't be credible and say I can create, I can do this, it's going to work for this target audience being older than that. I what was really important to me to bring on someone onto the project who I knew had um, brilliant ideas, really creatively to work together on fringes in the past. Um, and I enjoyed so much working with him on that and we both bounced off each other like he had gone away and toured and you know toured he'd done like Adelaide and Melbourne fringes and he, he was able to bring like a lot of his direct contacts with those artists from you know going and doing those fringes with them and I was able to kind of help with some of the structures and processes around it and also in my role I'm quite often you know as an event manager or site manager you know the buck stops with you and some you know Although you're working with a big team, it sometimes doesn't feel that collaborative. And so one of the things I really like about Say and one of the things I loved, you know, working with Michael and the team at Innerear, who were the streaming company, the production company on it, it was, it genuinely felt like a collaborative project. I think that there's much to be learned. Older people don't just pass on their knowledge to younger people. Like we need their creativity inspiration passion and knowing how to work the technical side of it absolutely you're spot on like that's what I'm missing about not being out there and teaching I work with young people a lot and literally every day is a school day when you're working with a younger generation because I'm just always open to learn new things but just you know flip it comments that are made or conversations that just spring out of nowhere can produce like the most fascinating totally. tidbits that you can use 
you know, whether it's in a dance or whether it's, you know, to carry on into your next job or just to know what's happened culturally, you know, like things like TikTok and all that, like, you know, the kids that I was working with, the young people were, were teaching me all about it. You know, I was like, oh, I'm not on TikTok. And it's just like keeping your finger on the pulse. Yeah. It really is. And it is important. Like, I think working in as a freelancer, I've felt like a lot of the time, like I miss these opportunities to have these formal CPD sessions where you would go to a conference or, you know, like teachers are always getting sent on day courses and stuff. And um, yeah, I think the CPD is just getting the opportunity to work with different people in different in, in different worlds. It sounds like that's where you've picked up all your skills. A hundred percent. Just those ideas that spark off when you do get to be in the same room as people actually. But you can wear it digitally a bit, but it's just, yeah, it's not the same. What opportunities, obviously, as as well as being involved in the Say Award, that's that's amazing for any artist or any band. But those who have made that a uh, long list, or and those who have been awarded any of the prizes, what has that meant to them? Have you had feedback? Have you been able to kind of look at their career and how it's moved on? Yeah, we have. So actually, I mean, Young Fathers would be a, an incredible example of that. So Young Fathers um, have won the award twice. Uh, they won the award the first time before they had won the award for the the Mercury. Uh, you know, they went on to support Massive Attack all over the world, did an Apple commercial. I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to suggest for a second that um, the Say Award can take credit for that. But um, I think that the Say Award is is really good at shining a light on people in the early stages of their careers as well. Mm-hmm. You know, also looking at Anna Meredith, who has been listed for this year's Mercury Prize, again, a previous Say Award winner. So our judges consistently pick bands at early stages of their careers that really do go on to achieve lots. Mm. My favourite quote actually wasn't from a winner, it was from Ella Orleans. And she said that um, being listed, I actually can't remember whether it was for the shortlist or the long list, but she said that being listed for the Say Award meant the world to her because for her as a migrant coming to Scotland, that it was um, a sense of being accepted. And for me, that, you know, that really impacted me and yeah. and made me delighted to be a cog in the wheel. Yeah, that, spe- that speaks volumes, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, it really does. At this time where, you know, there's all this talk of building walls and everything else, like, that is that that to me that sums up what the say word's all about and we all know the power of music and and its ability to break down barriers and connect people um and i think the the fact that the say award is going ahead this year despite all of the challenges it could have just been one of those ones like nah we need to stick a pin in this but i think it's it's so important that it is going ahead this year because we are so disconnected in so many ways just now and everybody feels that they need something to cling on to and there's music in everyone's life whether they recognize it or not you know there's there's the massive fans that can't go a day without you know listening to music where there's there's people who just let music wash over over them on the radio or whatever but I think we all can agree that music definitely has has a powerful magic to it. I think music and culture as a whole as well because you know because you imagine lockdown with no music no radio no film it is just too bleak to even contemplate. So true and we were talking about partner organisations and the importance of that lining up well and fitting with the ethos of the Say Award. It was actually your colleague, Ellis, who got in touch with me originally um, about doing the podcast. She had mentioned Music Declares Emergency. Music Declares Emergency is a, our charity partner for this year. And that is something that I feel really passionate about. So um, it's an independent group created by uh, musicians and artists who were um, concerned and angry about the lack of a cohesive response from the music industry to the climate emergency. Um, so they are all about pushing the role that music can make and driving forward public understanding on the climate emergency and pressuring the government to take immediate 
action on, on climate and biodiversity loss. So we like to weave everything in to say. So for example, this year, our design commission, um, one of the focus, like the brief for the artist is that the prizes must be made in uh, using sustainable materials and sustainable practice. This year, we're not printing anything. Our programme will be digital only, so it'll be online. And we're really, it's something that I'm really passionate about. And I, I, I take it onto every project that I do, whether that's vegware or, you know, all the food um, at a festival getting sold from my traders and vegware or ensuring that we've got recycling or whatever but when I learned that um, Music Declares Emergency was going to be our charity partner I was absolutely delighted their hashtag is uh, no music on a dead planet pretty much nails it so oh my word that yeah that's sums up yeah and I would encourage anybody who's interested in learning more to uh, to check out musicdeclares.net yeah I'll put that in the show notes for sure that, that I need to further educate myself on that as well that I think that's wonderful and I think your personal commitment on the projects that you work on to sustainability and just being more conscious is wonderful I really commend you for that because it could be very easy just to be like oh that's not that's not our world you know and and it is it's everyone's world that's the thing it's not just about the clothes we wear it's not just about plastic there's so much I think a lot of people just find it very overwhelming and think oh that's not that's not getting anything to do with me and you're like no 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 we all have to play a role we have we all have to take charge every single purchase we make is a decision every single thing that we purchase whether it's our pants whether it's a chocolate bar whether it's who we get our electricity from whether it's the toilet roll that we buy like every single action that we do has an impact and there's also you know there's small steps that we can all do that aren't going to you know, they're they're not gonna be to the detriment of our everyday that, that can really help. So yeah, um I was delighted when we partnered with Music Declares Emergency. But it is, you know, it is also difficult for musicians because the touring industry is not is not known for yeah. you know being sustainable. But when you look at people like Radiohead who actually in their position can say well we will not play this gig unless the power is coming from a sustainable power source you know there are that it's obviously a lot tougher for emerging bands to kind of you know they can't really pressure the venue to do stuff like that but yeah no it's brilliant to see this cohesive organization forming and putting it on the radar and also you know if you really love a band and you 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 love their songs and you love them and you, you kind of want to embrace their ethos. Like there's so much power in that for musicians to help inform the, their audiences. You can do your bit. We can all, and we, personally, we can all do our bit. And I think it's great that organisations like the Say Awards are promoting that and supporting that. We also have um, some other brilliant partners and I don't, I don't want to go like all heavy, like here's a word from our sponsors. But um, one of our partners that I would like to give a particular shout out to, obviously, Creative Scotland, who without whom um, the Say Award would not be possible, and um, YouTube Music as well. But I'm really excited that we are continuing to work with Sweet Dram. So Sweet Dram are um, an Edinburgh distillery and they're also a social enterprise. So they have this incredible warehouse space um, out at Edinburgh Park. So they make these kind of like really delicious, high-end, premium spirits, that kind of unique spirits. They have a whiskey amaro and they have like a, it's kind of like a juniperless gin. And then they have this, um, so they have these amazing ones. But I had read about them. And for me, as I said, I've always been like a champion of the independence. So for me, it should be people that share our ethos, so it should be authentic. So it was important to me to find a Scottish company that make great spirits that are doing something a bit different. And then we, you know, I kind of cold, cold emailed these guys and then they said, okay, we're interested in learning more, come out and see us. And then we went out to their distillery and they just had like this massive back wall all full of records and a set of decks set up. And it was just like, oh my God, like... <laughs> It's meant to be. It's meant to be. And, you know, at a time where we don't have an audience because we don't have physical people in the room, 
So we don't have an opportunity for them to sell their product, but they have stuck by us this year and are continuing to sponsor, even though, you know, they're not getting that direct kind of um, opportunity for people to sample and taste by having punters in the room. And they have this incredible studio space, which is actually where we filmed the longlist performances. But, you know, working with this social enterprise who are a non-profit creative platform, it's stuff like that that keeps, that just keeps our passion ignited, like yeah. working these like-minded businesses has been you know we hugely appreciate the support from all of our you know obviously all of our partners Edinburgh City Council and Arts and Business uh, YouTube Music PPL Ticketmaster uh, and Summerhall but I think that particularly that one and I'm not speaking on behalf of say I'm just speaking personally for myself I really appreciate these guys sticking by us when times are times are tough and again, it just kind of shows, you know, that um, we were talking about that kind of Scottish spirit of um, determination. I think it just, again, confirms that, you know, if you're for good, um, you will always go the extra mile to help out others who have got the same ethos as you, who've got the same thinking as you. A hundred percent. That is very elegant. You've elegantly nailed what I've been walking on about. Not at all, my goodness. Elegance is definitely your realm. You you speak beautifully about something that you're very clearly passionate about. I'm just thinking of all the experiences that you've had thus far and this year. Everything you know, you're on this train of like, like we're just going to make this happen. And but it is a cathartic moment, I guess, to stop and take stock of everything that you've been able to be involved in. Can you think of? pivotal or like pinch me moments in your career have there been those moments where you're just like how did I get here yeah absolutely so I think um standing in the stadium in Delhi in 2010 with um, the volunteers who had just uh, you know performed at the closing ceremony of the Commonwealth Games as Glasgow took the bat the baton from India 200 volunteers who'd taken part in that mass choreographed performance, many of whom, you know, had never performed, danced, anything before. At the start of that project, they were all really, you know, they didn't know each other and there was kind of like little cliques or, well, not cliques, but, you know, there were the groups of people that knew each other. So there was the kids from the conservatoire and then there was guys that were, worked for City Building, you know, yeah. we approached them because we needed strong people to help carry some of the heavier props. Like being part of something, projects like that, that bring people together and that make people's paths cross that would ordinarily never have met in a million years. I mean, I had loads of kids on that plane and never, you know, they'd never been out of Glasgow, they'd never wow. flown, let alone gone to India. So, you know, stuff like that really makes an impact. And then I also worked for um, NVA, the arts, kind of environmental arts organisation, where we did a project in Glen Lyon called The Path, where we took like about 100 people up a mountain at night to have a outdoor arts experience that was like a fusion between Scottish culture and Eastern culture. And we brought over these Himalayan Sherpas and you kind of went round a corner into a kind of like wee kind of cavey bit. And there was like Tibetan singing bowl players. Oh my goodness. So yeah, I've, and then like, you know, kind of being out and going to South by Southwest uh, and um, even just, you know, the classic, which I know Artie mentioned when you had her on about standing on, being lucky enough to have the opportunity to stand on the, the main stage at Tea in the Park and watch the sun go down and mm. just see that audience having like the best moment of their lives. Like literally the hairs of my arms are standing up just thinking about that. Like I feel um, very privileged that I have had those communal celebratory experiences and I can't wait until it is safe for us all to get to come together to do them again. I know, and it's. I think it's lovely. Like it's fascinating that you and I, our paths had crossed when we didn't even realise it. Because when you were in Delhi, I'm watching a screen. Yeah. Just after dancers have performed on stage of something that I've choreographed, you know, not to know that you were over there at that time being involved in the same event, and then we then eventually years later met at the Mela, and then we're meeting again and that's the joy of what we do yeah it is 
it's a hundred percent the joy of what we do. And also I'm already thinking, oh my god, if I need a dance piece choreographed, I know who I'm gonna fool. <laughs> yes, Helene, yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I think we've both been very lucky, but there's a lot of determination that goes into that as well. Eh? There's a lot of, of course. There's a lot of late nights. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it just sounds to me you're like you are a total grafter. You are in it, and you're immersed in it, and you will roll up your sleeves. And like you say, you're not watching the clock. You will be there to the bitter end, and you will make it the best it can be because you you know no other way to be. Exactly, and I think that was one of the things that I was finding really the hardest at lockdown when you know when everything just stopped and just taking that red pen and I was crossing out like Paisley Beer and Foods Festival, the uh, Glasgow um, Canal Festival, the Edinburgh, the Royal Highland Show, the Fringe and knowing I was I had a kind of sneaky sideline as like a tour guide going taking kind of luxury Americans around some beautiful bits of Scotland so obviously oh, wow. that wouldn't happen and then just like being sat there with like a blank calendar that I've never had in my entire life and just feeling that that kind of rising panic yeah um but I just want I hope that like all of your listeners know that, like it's also okay to for us all not to be okay just now because it is such a testing it's such a testing time for everyone eh yeah I'm glad you said about that whole mental health aspect because you're right it, all the highlights and the pivoting and making things happen that that absolutely is happening and you are absolutely nailing that but every single person has been affected by this but like you're saying like the the industry that you work in it just felt like overnight everything shut down and it was really scary really scary and um, a lot of people will still be feeling the effects of that because it feels like the world in a lot of ways is is starting to turn again but a lot of us are still going but I'm still not working I'm still not working at the pace yeah, I would normally be, and I think you know today is suicide prevention day. Yeah. So I think it's just really important to constantly be mentioning the fact that you know you are aware that people's mental health has been affected, and working in events as well, and working in culture, there is a focus on the positive a lot of the time. But we all have mental health, and it's important to look after it. A hundred percent, and I think also you know we were the first to close, and we will be the last to open. Yeah. And I think that's definitely a thing that a lot of us are struggling with is just like not knowing, you know, not knowing when we will get to do a gig in a venue again. And, you know, for all the venues, the, their costs are still there. They're still paying, you know, they're still paying all of their costs. Their staffs might be furloughed, but all those costs are, are coming in. So, yeah, it is. I just encourage people that you like support your local record shop, support your local venue, like, small things that we can all do will really make a big difference to what is still there when we get to come back here here absolutely spot on hillary but i mean i, I definitely commend the say award for going ahead uh, you know in the way that you are and putting all the effort in to make it the best possible experience it can be not only for yourselves and the people that work in that industry but for all the artists and all the bands that have been powering away making you know amazing music and wanting to put it out to their fans so I'm really excited to see this long list yes so am I so 17th the 17th of September uh, the long list will be revealed uh, and there will be three performances from the three bands that we filmed in the wonderful 54 AP it will be hosted by uh, our wonderful Vic, uh, Vic Galloway and Nicola Mayan, and they will be unveiling the 20 glorious albums that comprise this year's 2020 Say Award Longlist. So at this point, the 2020 Longlist is, it's the 100 nominators that have, um, have got it to the Longlist. And then the judges come on board, whittle that down into the 10 albums that will be the shortlist. Brilliant. Well, it's, it's really exciting. It's, I'm delighted that I've had this opportunity to speak to you at this particular time. Thank you. It's been lovely to speak to you too. And if people want to follow the Say Awards, then they can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Perfect. I will be putting all of those links in the show notes for sure. And is there a wee red dot somewhere on your screen? Um, there is, and um, the counter is counting up. Amazing. So, Hilary, we are a few weeks on since we blethered and we had a lovely time chatting. And 
this is just a lovely opportunity to catch up with you just as the the podcast episode goes out to find out all the exciting things that are now happening at the Sea Award. So now that the long list has been announced, what are you most excited about? So yeah, the long list has been announced and we are uh, one day away from knowing the 10 albums that will actually make up the shortlist. Uh, so it is pretty exciting. But from the long list, I can honestly say in years of working on the Say Award, this year's feels like a particularly diverse list, um, spanning like lots of different genres with lots of debuts as well, lots of debut albums, which is really exciting. And it just really shows the breadth of talent um, that are, you know, living, working and making music in Scotland. So, I mean, there's everything on there from, uh, you know, your platinum selling, Lewis Capaldi, um, through to some really interesting debut albums. So, yeah, really exciting. I mean, there's people like Anna Meredith on there. Um, there's Callum Easter. Um, there's Erland Cooper. Um, Kareem Polwer, Nova, Sacred Paws, and Beastas. So, I honestly believe that um, there is something for everybody and you can go on to the Say Award website and you can listen to you can listen to everybody on there. Wonderful. And what are you gearing up for now, Hilary? What what are you doing? I mean, before we started recording, I could hear you fervently taking away. <laughs> She's like nonstop. Yeah, so today is really exciting. Today is our first judges meeting. Um, ordinarily we would you know we would all get together face to face and um, the judges would uh, have the unenviable task of mm. whittling down that 20 strong list down to um, 10 albums so I have to say I really don't envy them but um, I am looking forward to it like everything in the new world it's going to be taken uh, undertaken on zoom yeah but I'm just I'm basically quite a nosy person so I'm really interested to you know to hear what the judges have got to say and it's a really diverse panel so it's a 50-50 gender balanced uh, judging panel and for uh, the first time we've actually reached out to um, some international judges because um we really want to ensure that Scotland, that we're pushing awareness of Scottish music, not just in Scotland, but out with, that we're helping try and create opportunities for Scottish artists abroad. So, yeah, it's a really interesting panel. It has everybody from, you know, like broadcasters like Edith Bowman on it um, and uh, Jack Saunders of BBC Radio 1 and MTV to um, the incredible Faye Milton from Savages who set up Music Declares Emergency, Celine Laurie who was the head of um, label and artist relations for YouTube Music in France, wow. um, Kieran Hurley, the playwright that wrote um, the play and the screenplay for the film Beats, which lots of yes. uh, your listeners might have seen. So, yeah, we've got people like Jess Bro, the founder of Fringe of Colour, and uh, Wesley Moura, who was the creative producer um, that set up AfriFest and um, the Black Lives Matter mural. So it's a really interesting panel. Like, we always try to pick people, not just um, no, not just people working in music, but people working in the arts in general. Mm. Um, and I'm really intrigued to to listen and find out what albums have kind of like resonated with them so that's very exciting yeah that's a zoom call that i want to actually go to yeah it's a zoom call that uh, <laughs> that i'm actually looking forward to and i don't say i don't say that very often <laughs> um, and then um following our judges meeting and um, the result of the people's vote because you know as we spoke previously we strive to be egalitarian and you know in all that we do so the people have a chance to actually um, get in there and cast their vote, which is very exciting. So yes. people can cast the vote for the album that they want to see uh, go through. So that's exciting. So, um, yeah, and then tomorrow we'll know the shortlist stage and then also having the lovely job of booking the bands that are going to play at our digital ceremony. So, wow. yeah, it's really exciting, though. That really is exciting. Gosh, it's just non-stop for you, but I'm delighted that um, we've been able to catch up uh, just ahead of the next exciting stage of the Say Awards, for sure. 
Thanks so much for all your support, Lisa. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Now, Hilary, I didn't um, I didn't tell you about this, but I wonder if you would indulge me in something I call the thingamabobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are like random questions that I like to ask my guests at the end of the podcast. Um, and you can absolutely answer on behalf of yourself rather than the Sea Awards, of course. So you obviously meet a lot of people, whether it be via Zoom these days. <laughs> um, or actually IRL like we were saying in real life but what is the first thing you tend to notice about someone when you meet them their shoes <gasps> right their shoes well I think you can tell a lot about I think especially if you're on if you're on site mm-hmm. and you know, if you're on site and it's really muddy and you've got somebody that's cutting about in white tra- brand new white trainers <laughs> or they're cutting about in flip flops I, I think practically minded I do have a sneaky peek of their shoes and I always swore that I would get a job that would never make me wear high heels well I think you've nailed that I'm sure you're doing your steel tap <laughs> steel toe cap boots most yeah. of the time yeah so uh, yeah I do obviously notice their eyes as well but um I do have a wee quick a wee quick down and I do I do check out their shoes I like when you're saying about the flip-flops or the pure white trainers you must just be like amateur what's happening here <laughs> exactly where's your wellies <laughs> Hilary, what is the best thing about Scotland? The people. Well, the people come first and then um, I do love a Morton's crispy roll, which also, if you get, if you, I would ordinarily kind of move through to do the fringe quite a lot and I might be in the world's greatest global arts festival, but you really struggle to get a Morton's crispy roll in Edinburgh. You're like, that is Edinburgh Festival's downfall. It is a massive downfall, and I have tried. <laughs> Love it. You were saying earlier on, if you were to give your younger self advice, looking back to you know those school days of being advised by your um, career advisor, but I wonder, has anyone ever given you advice that you've you've taken on board that has been really instrumental for you? I think anyone that told me that I couldn't do something. Um, I have always been quite contrary. Definitely when I was starting, there was less women working in the industry. There also really wasn't very many female site managers working in the industry, you know, kind of like helping build the festival site. And I think I was always quite determined that if somebody said, oh, well, you know, you'll, you, I doubt you'll get that, then I would be like, well, I think it's also, I'm a Capricorn. And I think that, we're, you know, we're, I'm not a big, I'm really not a big horoscope person, but I think somebody told me Capricorn's the goat and it's horned and Taurus the bull and it's horned and the two of those are quite determined and quite stubborn and I would begrudgingly admit (laughs) um, that's definitely the case. So yeah, I think people who maybe try to say that I couldn't do something, I would be determined that I would try to find a way to prove them wrong. And obviously didn't always succeed, but I would give it a right good shot. I love that answer. And going back to that idea of mentoring, I think you are a total inspiration to anybody, anybody listening right now who is thinking mm, that, you know, maybe that world isn't for me. Maybe I wouldn't have the opportunity to to get involved in that. Like, oh yeah, it is male dominated. You're, you're, Case in point, you're you're totally nailing it, and the plethora of things that you've worked on, and the skill set that you've built, and your and the skill set that you bring to the jobs. That's the thing. Like, the, I'm just thinking, like, how lucky the Say Award is to have you on board. Oh, listen, it goes both ways. I'm really lucky to work with a bunch of people that are so passionate and so committed about what they're doing. But I guess the only other thing that I would say is, if people are thinking about getting into the events with the glamour. I would urge them to possibly think again because there are a lot of bins, fences, toilets, all of those types of things. And I think like whilst, yeah, you know, like kind of like standing on the side of the stage at Tea in the Park and all those things are totally amazing. You have to also get your hands dirty and you have to really believe in working as a team. And I think that I kind of like when I did that presentation, I made this analogy of... um, the people that you meet are the people in your toolkit and treating those people to trying to, and it's not always easy and I'm a moony cow, but you know, trying to, trying to treat everyone that you come into contact with, especially if it's a volunteer, whether it's like a volunteer, a letter picker, 
the site sparks whether like all of those people deserve just as much respect if not more so than you know the artists and the people who walk into the room and it's beautiful and there's flowers and there's a you know you know like especially in an event you're kind of only as good as your weakest link and I hope that over the years I've tried to bring people together and get help get the most out of them I hope I have don't know you need to ask other folk (laughs) you know it's just inbuilt with in you you know if you're a decent person you'll say thank you you'll say please you'll have a smile on your face but more so as a performer we're always just really really delighted and grateful and appreciative to be there so yeah it is always important to us uh, certainly you know the, the cupcakes but anything that I'm working on just to acknowledge everybody every cog in that wheel is important we wouldn't be on that stage if the, if there wasn't a stage built our music wouldn't be played if there wasn't somebody behind that mixing desk and it, everybody yeah. is a cog in that really important wheel and it just wouldn't work without them so yeah it is important to acknowledge everybody that's grafting to make something work a hundred percent a hundred percent and my last question that I, I'm, do you know, I'm really gutted that we're ending this conversation and we have been around the houses with all the internet technology, <laughs> Joyce, Hillary, so I absolutely can't thank you enough for being so patient with me. But um, I do ask everybody in the podcast, what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Oh, that is hard. Oh, I wish there were more, I wish that there were more positive. I guess like uh, looking out the window right now, dreich is a word that springs to mind. Uh, I think it's hard to find uh, an equivalent of glaikit, <laughs> but that's not super positive. Um, Putinani's a good word. Hillary, nobody said that. Yes! And <laughs> well done, you. Hootinani. Yeah, Hootinani is a good word. That is a good one. Well done. You go in the Hall of Fame of giving us... Because, yeah, Dreich comes up a lot. <laughs> glaikit has came up quite a lot but no one said Hootenanny, so go you. Excellent. And to be fair, if anybody can put on a Hootenanny, it's you, Hilary. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining the Broad Brave Clan. I'm excited for everything that's coming for the, the Say Awards. I wish you all the best and your team for everything. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, hope that we get to catch up for a drink in real life. Yes, soon. let's make that a thing. Excellent. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braw and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.